Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Clickbait. You have your co-hosts, Joe, Natasha, and myself, Tasha, who are going to give you the Bachelor Nation breakdown, as well as getting into the Clickbait of the Week, which is people that have anxiety about being single. We got some tips for you. We got some tips on how to deal with that. As well as we have Abigail from Matt Season here that's on the podcast, which is so exciting for me because Abigail has been one of my favorite contestants for a while now. So the fact that she is here makes me so happy. Guys, are you awake there? I am awake and I'm ready to go. Let's let's get into it. Your energy is on point right now and mine's weak. So if if it's if it's bad the entire episode, just call me out, okay? Okay. I'm sure she will. Don't yep. worry about it. I got you. Okay, guys. So I actually am really interested in talking about this first clickbait just because it happens to do with one of our favorites, Ben Higgins, and him just being real. He reveals his struggles with addiction. And this was such an interesting piece of news to me just because I feel like I would have never suspected Ben to have an issue with drugs in the past and the fact that he feels so comfortable and confident now to be able to talk about it and hopefully help people um, get through that is amazing and I think that's just another reason why we should love Ben Higgins. Yes. Yeah, you you said it. Actually, you said it perfect. I would never have thought that about Ben um, and we all, we all have our struggles and there's nothing wrong with it and we you know, we work on him and we move on, but I would have never thought about Ben. But yeah, I mean, I could see how it's very easy to get addicted to pills and painkillers, especially I believe he had an injury in high school um, mm-hmm. and, and it's that snowball effect. So, yeah, and I think it's one of the biggest issues in our country or in the world is pill addiction because and they're so easy to get. So it's scary. And I'm glad I'm glad he opened up about it and he's clearly moved on from that. Um, so now he can help other people as well. Yeah. And, you know, congratulations to him. He said he's, uh, been sober from pills for nine years. Nine years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really great. And I think that, you know, like you guys said, you don't think you would, you would never think that of Ben Higgins and same. And I think that that also reading this article, I was just in, hearing about this in his book. I just realized like, People, you never know what someone's struggles were and when people overcome how great of, you know, everyone knows how great Ben Higgins is and how he's been such a staple in this franchise and how you can meet someone who is currently struggling, but then they can get through it in their life Mm -hmm. and help people and become, you know, so judgments and things like that to not judge people. It was just a big reminder of that and, you know, to be mindful. And I will say that, for me, I read this and I resonated and a lot of people probably resonated. I got my wisdom teeth taken out and one mm-hmm. was impacted and I was really young and the doctor, um, it was, what was it that I was taking? Hydrocodone? Is that what it, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, I was taking them and it was, and it was, and I was very much in pain, but then it got to the point where I couldn't take, I couldn't sleep without taking them. And my, and I told my dad that and my dad was like, oh, no, you got to just stay up for for however long, stay up for 48 hours, stay up for however long you need to stay. I was in, I was in college at the time mm. and just that easy. I, I could see if like I was by myself away in my dorm room or something like that, how I just probably just would have kept taking them because yeah. I had to go to school or whatever. It was over winter break. Uh, and so I was home and my dad was like, no, give them to me. Like, you don't need them. Like, 
throw them down the, the toilet. Like, no. And thank God, because I, I really stayed up for like 72 hours because I couldn't sleep. And I was basically, and I was up, what, uh, 90 pounds at the time. And I was taking such a, a high dose. But this is what the doctor told me to take. So I see how it happens to wow. a lot of people, especially you were up young for seventy two. You were up for 72 hours. I was, I'm not kidding you guys. I was up for like three days. I could not sleep without these things. And Holy I was like, but dad, God. but dad. And like, I would take a nap here, a nap there, but like, I would just wake up. And I was like, I'm after two weeks of being on this thing, I was addicted to it, you know? Yeah. And thank God, like, you know, thank God I was home and I was with my dad and, and he saw that there you know, this could lead to a bigger thing and, and it didn't. But reading that, it was like a trigger. And I was like, oh my God, that could that could have been me, right? And and I think him talking about that moment that he um he took some from his granddad and it was, you know, yeah. I think everybody hits that like low point where they're like, wait, what am I doing? What's happening here? Yeah. And mm -hmm. that was my dad being like, wait, what? What are you talking about? You can't sleep without this. That's not good. You can't. No, <laughs> like that's not yeah. normal. No, that's actually so. really crazy that you say that that was that happened because of getting your wisdom teeth taken out. To be yeah. honest with you, I am not a person that has ever been able to take medication like consecutively, like religiously, mm -hmm. never. Mm -hmm. And that is my only experience that I've had in my life to where I've finished an entire bottle of prescription drugs is when I got my mm. wisdom teeth taken out. And it's because it, I think the oral pain hurts so badly, so but I bad. think that I just usually would never take any pain medication. And that was the only time I took it. And I just, I knew like I, I would feel so weird after taking it. So I was just like, I'm not getting this refilled or anything like that. Even though the doctor is like, if you need a refill, let me know. Come yeah. on back. Um, yeah. But, and I had, yeah, I had so much, so, like so many issues. I don't know. So they, it was just like, I needed it. But at the same time, I realized what was going on. And I was like, yeah, no. But this is also interesting because Zach also was addicted to pain medication. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's just, it's really sad that that is kind of, I don't know, the catalyst to a lot of drug addiction in our country. And a lot of people when they're younger, especially don't actually realize what they're getting themselves into. And it could really have a lasting impact into their life. So. And, and it's because I think it's so much easier to do something when it's given to you by a doctor. Yes. Yeah. When you're told it's okay. Yes. Yeah. Opposed to, you know, buying drugs on the street. You know, if you buy something on the street, you think, Oh, well I'm doing something illegal. But when you get it from a doctor, you trust the doctor, you trust, mm -hmm. um, you know, the people around you that know about it because you think, oh, this this should be okay. And I think that's one of the biggest pushes for making marijuana legal because they're seeing that like long-term effects or, or marijuana doesn't um, harm you as much as right. prescription drugs, pills right. at least. Right. Yes, I 100% I agree. And, and, you know, no shade to doctors. We love doctors, but at the same time, everyone's body reacts to di things differently. Everybody has different addiction um, notes, I think, in their DNA that's different than everybody else's. A doctor wouldn't know that. And how could how could they know how something's going to affect every single human? They don't. Uh, so, you know, it's it is. But yeah, the doctor said I should take this. And my dad's like, you shouldn't. I wouldn't even take that that much. Yeah. Like, why are you yeah. taking that much? So, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of factors, but, you know, we're very proud of Ben. Nine years sober. It's really great. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that he was big enough to, to put that in his book and, and share that with the world. Yeah. 
Thank you, Ben, for opening up because you never know who's going to impact. Okay, so next up on the Bachelor Nation breakdown, we have Catherine Lowe speaking out about her experience with racism. She was actually... She's one of the relationships that I actually look up to because they have been married for so long now. And um, they do have three kids, but also they're an interracial couple. And Mm -hmm. I think that that is so special um, to see within the Bachelor Nation franchise just because we are, I don't know, talking about a lot of people um, showing diversity and representing different races. And um, for us to see such a successful couple come out of the franchise, I think means a lot. But I just love that Catherine was able to talk a little bit more about how she grew up and the fact that she her coming on the show um she represented a lot of people that looked just like her and was a person of color at the time so yeah, yeah it, I, it, it, go ahead no i was gonna say she went on the show just thinking that they were she was casting just her a box. because yeah she was filling a box she was um just you know an, an asian woman that they needed to cast and she ended up you know coming out of it is one of the most successful um, love stories or relationships in the franchise. But yeah, yeah I think, I think ba- you know, especially their season was, I don't know exactly how many years ago it was, but it was over five years ago for sure. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, interracial couples just weren't shown as much on TV. Yeah, right? I, right. Well, on, on this show. On Bachelor, <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. On The Bachelor, on this show, yes. But I really resonate with her when she said that she thought that she was checking a box and why she thought she was actually casted was to fill this box of being someone that is of color and you know addressing the elephant in the room a lot of people feel that way and on both sides you know that doesn't I'm sure that didn't make her not want to do it, but also she probably definitely didn't think that she was going to maybe go as far, have such a great connection. But that's the beautiful thing about her bachelor. Clearly he was very open to dating whatever um, it is, you know, dating any, anything. And and also them being together now and being together for so long, uh, you know, a big testament to him. And I think that was really great. And it, it feels good to know that, you can think that you were casted for one thing, but then you feel like you have an authentic relationship or authentic connection with whoever your bachelor or bachelorette is that I think that's a big deal. Uh, Especially when you think you go on a show to just, I am the Asian representation or I am the black representation. Okay. Do you think that's, um, do you think that still exists? What still exists? What? People going on the show or just getting any opportunity feeling that they're just checking a box or it's because they have to? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that it's kind of embedded in um, almost in TV culture, you know? I mean, back in the day, it was always like, oh, the one one black guy who gets killed on the the scary movie first, you know? And it's almost like embedded. It's like, oh, there's the, the, the token black girl or this. You know, it's kind of embedded. So I think the people feeling that way is just from what they've seen in the past on on not just this show, on other shows and just the evolution of putting people of color on a show in general. Uh, So I I wonder if she felt that prior to or if the audience made her feel that way. Because I've opened up about me myself. I didn't think about that 
when I first went on the show because I was, I don't know. I didn't really think about me checking a box, but it was until I came home and people were like, oh, you're just, you just got as far as you did because you're the token black girl. Right. Well, I think really? she people said, said that to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ooh. I get. Yeah, I got that, too. But I think that she's in the article. She said that when she was going for it, the whole reason why she got it was because she was a person of color. So I think she thought that beforehand, myself included, when I went on my season, I was like, oh, I was ca- I was cast the very, very, very last minute. And, you know, I don't know if people like didn't things didn't work out with other girls and there was a certain number that they needed or whatever i was like the fact that i am a person of color probably helped me get cast over someone else because they probably have so many other white women that are already cast and Mm -hmm. that was something that was in my mind whether that was true or not i don't know but that was something that was definitely in my mind and i think that it also for people for white people when they think about that think about uh oh I have I have some girlfriends who are models and they say all the time, oh, it's 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 in to look different now because there's so many supermodels that are that are white. So it's in to have a different look. Right. And so that also sucks for the ones who, of course, have been doing it for so long and they feel like they deserve certain opportunities. But because this person is a person of color, now they're getting this opportunity. So I, I get it on both sides. Yeah. And what's the right answer? I don't know. But in this case, for Catherine, thank God she went. Thank God she got over whatever things that she felt about her being a person of color on the show. Because now she is with someone very great who I'm sure makes her feel like just the most beautiful person in the world, regardless of how she looks or he looks. And they have great, beautiful children. And it works out in the end sometimes, you know. So I think that's like the moral of this story, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I just really appreciate Catherine coming out and talking about that and just shedding light once again um, on just diversity in the franchise and how you never know how it's going to pan out. Next we have, okay, wait, can you guys believe, okay, this actually boggled my mind. Bachelor is 19 years old. I know. I know. And I watched the clip of how it started. Yeah. (laughs) And it's actually really similar. It's crazy how much it's, it's, I mean, obviously the styles are different and it just, you know, you could tell it's from 19 years ago. It's, but it's just kind of crazy that this has been around for so long. It's still semi the same. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I want to know, like, how many more years is it going to keep going? Like, this is like, what's the longest TV show that's been around? Like um, the Simpsons. The Simpsons. Yeah, the Simpsons. Oh. The Simpsons. Simpons for sure. But it was I funny because compete even, with that. When I uh, like when I went on the show or when I got approached to go on the show, I was like, "Oh yeah, I know of that show, but I think it's like on its last leg." Like I kind of thought it was. Um, <laughs> I did. I was like, "Yeah, I think it was popular back in the day." I don't know if people still watch it. Is what I thought. Um, right. And it's still going strong, and and. Clearly, there's something about the format that does work. It's so funny because it's like it really it, it really is our lives. Like we are genuinely living through it and doing our thing. But also it's a TV show. So it's so one dimensional. It is one dimensional. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of a crazy thing to think about. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because you wonder why, you know, you don't see more of his personality, like how you saw it. But it's because, well, that's TV and that's what people get invested in. Yeah. And that's the one dimensional side that they should. Yeah. 100%. Like I have a super duper petty side to me. Right. I'm an Aries. (laughs) If y'all Aries are listeners, y'all know what I'm talking about. Right. Yeah. Oh, Joe, I know you have a petty side. I know you do. But it's like with that said, I they didn't show that part of they didn't really show that part of of my personality on the show. Right. right? They showed more of just like my outspoken and like uh, she's about no bullshit, which is also me. But it was very one dimensional in that way. Right. Yeah. So that's something that. Again, that's where that character, when, when I was reading this, I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> Makes more sense now, doesn't it? <laughs> it totally does. It yeah. totally does. It's 100%. so funny. So 19 years of making making a, making it up. 19 <laughs> oh years. We'll God. see. We'll see if we get another 19 out of it. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, boy. I can't even imagine what it's going to look like 19 years from now. But yeah. if they do like a spinoff like Stepmom, or what is it called? Teen Mom, too. And then you see with all the kids, like the kids like come back and like. That'd be interesting. Anyway, moving on. I'm getting delirious now. Okay, <laughs> moving on. Okay, take take the clickbait. Yes, so we are going to go to our clickbait of the week, which I really enjoyed. It is about how to deal with anxiety when you are single. And I think anxiety just in general for a lot of people are at all-time high with the last year that we've had. But we kind of touched on this a little bit last week, Joe, when we talked about how we were just brought up to believe that we're supposed to be in these relationships. And Mm -hmm. that's just society told us that. And I love that this article mentions that. And uh, I'll, I'll read this quote from it. And it says, society has ingrained this belief that being in a relationship will eventually lead to marriage. And that's the ultimate goal. So anytime a relationship doesn't work out, whether it's toxic or not toxic or it's awful or whatever, we're just crushed or we're sad or we're we're upset because it didn't lead to this ultimate goal of marriage. So then people get anxiety about that particular thing. And now my anxious life, I can't believe I'm single. I'm great. I'm a great person. What's wrong with me? And so it kind of becomes this cycle. Now, with that said, mm-hmm. Joe, Yes. You are a single man. I am. Do you ever feel anxiety about being a single man in 2021 after we just had this pandemic and life? Maybe on Sundays a little bit. Why Sundays? I don't know. It just seems like a day that is a nicer day to be in a relationship. I base my feelings off of days. No, um, <laughs> I, it's probably because you get to go to brunch on Sundays. Like, here's the thing. It, it really de- for me it really depends on your friends like if you mm. if if all your friends are in a relationship and you're the one single person out of that group it's it's difficult because you don't really have other single people to hang around with mm-hmm. when you're so you feel and- you feel anxiety or you feel anxious to like couple up with someone or you feel like pressure to couple up with someone well, I definitely did before I went on the show. And that was probably one of the reasons I went on the show was because mm-hmm. I was single and most of my friends were either married or relationships. So I, I definitely felt that anxiety. Now is a little different. Um, I have friends that are, are single and I could date, you know, if I want to, mm-hmm. um, it isn't, um, it's easier when you do have 
a social media following or and people actually kind of just like know who a little bit of who you are. It just makes that easier. So I think that takes away a lot of the anxiety. Um, I see. But yeah, as you get older, I think, I think it's, I think it's normal to feel that because it's been embedded in us and our society. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because one of the, one of the things, one of the tips that the article says to release our anxiety is resist comparing ourselves to other people so like you said your friends are in relationships and you're like oh shit i'm not in a relationship (laughs) right and so i think the older you get the less you do that too because then your friends who get married they have these kids and you're like well guys i'm going on this trip to europe (laughs) backpacking don't gotta worry about any kids just me hanging out and you know that's when that enviousness comes in sometimes the grass is always greener as they say and we get you know, we get more comfortable with our freedom as single people, I think. Uh, but comparing yourself to your friends who are, who has the, you know, Sundays with Joe alone. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> That's a plug Joe. for their sauce, guys. I Joe. love that. I love that. <laughs> Be with Joe by, by his sauce. Yeah, literally. <laughs> then you can feel like you're on a date with him. Yes. And then, Taisha, for you, I know you have your Zach now, but yeah. before being the Bachelorette and, you know, things like that, did you feel any anxiety? Like, are your, how are your friends? Are your friends all coupled up? Is there a mix of it? You know, a lot of my friends aren't. And it's so funny because I feel like at one point everybody was in a, like, a relationship and pretty long term and then not. But... I feel like the way that I felt anxiety is like, am I really going to find someone that like I genuinely match with or is going to, again, like I wrote down a list of like things that I was looking for in a man. It's really funny because like there was about 25 things. And the other day I found it when I was cleaning out my room and Zach actually marked about 23 of them. One of them being, (laughs) I wish (laughs) I want them to enjoy wine and go to the winery with me. Clearly that's not that's not gonna happen but it's okay but um yeah no but he marks off literally 25 things and i that's why i got so much anxiety because i'm like who's gonna mark off like all these things like someone that you know has a strong faith but also like likes to go have like a good time and then like is really close to their family and wants to give their time to like helping others and then this and that and that and like i would just dwell on all these things and like well i haven't found them yet where the hell am i gonna find them do i need to move do i need to go travel do i need to do this do i need that and like i think that's where my anxiety came from yeah well it's more finding someone that compliments me and is willing to like deal with me so um manifesting a law of attraction focusing on the things that you do want opposed to the things that you don't want and i think the best way to deal with anxiety and being single just to wrap this all up is basically being in the now which i always preach about and recognizing that what you really want you have to put it out in the universe and then it will come back to you So if you're miserable being single, you're going to be miserable in a relationship. You're not going to meet the guy. You're going to attract a toxic guy. You're going to attract a toxic girl. You know, like it's going to be a miserable situation. So being happy and, and, and fulfilled within yourself, that's how you attract another person who is happy and fulfilled in themselves. I completely agree with that. Completely. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? Clearly I'm doing something wrong. So maybe I should put some uh, more time into 
what I'm looking for. But also, uh, you, you don't need to rush into finding your person. You're going to find your person. I always feel like everyone, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're going to find, if I you agree. put it out there, and that's, like, like you just said, if you're putting out there and that's what you're attracting, you're yep. going to find it. It always finds you. Yes. I, that's where your headspace is at, and that's where, you know, you're going in your life. Like, you're going to attract the same exact person, so... I agree with you. Don't stress about it. I know we're just, we were in just a pandemic. It's kind of hard to attract somebody that way. <laughs> right. Especially right. through a dating app. But I feel like now that the world's starting to slowly open up, this is your time. This is it. This is the time to... Summertime shy. Summertime shy. Be single or in a relationship or just having a good time. And I'm really excited right now because we have our guest... She's here. She's ready. You know her from Matt James's season. Everybody, please welcome Abigail Herringer to the show. Abigail, what's up? How are you? Hi, Joe. I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Hi, Abigail. How are you? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it, Tasha. <laughs> um, do you guys know that I actually have met Abigail before? You I know. have as well. I have as well. Yeah. Well, actually, I met Abigail on her journey to find love. I was actually in Nemecolon and I hosted a date with Abigail. Oh, we saw those in the outtakes. Yeah. She, um, I think I forced you to eat a spicy chicken wing. You did. Trying to make you cry. I don't really know if you cried. Did you cry? Yeah, because I went right after Maggie, so she checked out the milk. So I didn't have any milk to drink. And then (laughs) they had to call, like, the paramedic over. Because I was just, like, hyperventilated at that point. It was so spicy. (laughs) Shoot. Okay, well, hopefully you don't hate me for that. But anyway. Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well. Well, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today, Abigail. All right. Well, Tasha, you know, I don't, I don't know Abigail, so I'm going to ask some questions. Okay. Okay. Can okay. We, can I can we... want to get in. All right. So I, Abigail, I do want to know how you got on reality TV, but before we do that, you are from the West coast, right? Oregon. Yeah. So I'm from Oregon, but I'm in New York right now. Okay. So why, how, what happened? Why are you in New, York? in New York? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just a really spontaneous thing, but I just kind of told myself, I was like, well, if I can do something as bold as like go on The Bachelor, um, moving across the country is not as scary um, anymore. Um, but no, I just wanted to try something new. Um, one of my best friends from home, she wanted to move to a new city. And then New York just seemed like a perfect fit. Um, not too expensive, like as expensive as it usually is. True. But yeah, no, it's been great so far. Okay, and what do you do for a living for work? Yeah, so I work for a bank planning company. So I work in their budget department. Um, so I'm working remotely right now. I was super lucky they let me keep my job. So I just work from home Monday through Friday. Um, nothing too exciting. <laughs> but no, I love it. But okay, then on well, the weekends, you get with it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, this brunch was definitely my new favorite thing out here. Did you watch The Bachelor prior to going on the show? Yeah. So I have watched the show before. Um, it was something I just kind of watched with my family and friends. But yeah, I never really pictured myself going on. Um, it definitely was very unlike me to apply for it. Um, but no, I think I just kind of had a bunch of events happen in 2020 that was just like, you know, let's just go through with it and see how it goes. Okay. Okay. Now I'm sure you've done a ton of interviews about being on the show. What is one thing though, that you could say you took away from the show? Something positive. Mm -hmm. Cause you know, it's a positive podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or negative or not you know what i don't give something yeah. you learned about yourself that you didn't know before Let give us go. a little bit of both sugar and spice there you go 
some insights. Well, I definitely have a lot of positives. Um, you know, I don't have any regrets walking away from the show. Um, no, I think one of the biggest thing was just the amount of people that I met through the experience. Because I think when you sign up for the show, you're kind of just thinking about The Bachelor. And you're not really thinking of all the friendships that you get out of it, all the uh, friendships that come out of it. Um, and yeah, it was definitely a really challenging um, process to go through because you have to open up so quickly. And that's not something that I've ever really had to do before. Um, so yeah, no, I think moving forward, I think it's definitely given me a lot more confidence in just kind of being myself. But yeah, no, it's definitely a lot of positives for sure. Okay. So, I, I, have, I have a follow-up. Um, so I know... You just said you feel like you have to open up pretty quickly. Is that because you've watched the show in the past and you've seen people? And, and for you, you're, you told Matt very early on about, you know, about your hearing. And was that something that you wanted, that you knew you were going to do or you didn't know when you were going to do it? Like, what was your mindset with that? Yeah, so I definitely knew going in, especially the first night, I was like, you know, I just want to lay it out on the table and just kind of let him know right away. Because um, mm -hmm. I just kind of talked about, you know, trying to date previously and not disclosing it. Um, it's been awkward um, and it hasn't gone well. And so I was just like, you know, if I'm going to do this super crazy process, I'm just going to rip the bandaid off and just tell him right away. And I'm really glad that I did. Um, mm -hmm. He was really nice and really receptive about it. Um, but I think it's more than, you know, just talking about my hearing loss. I think it was, you just have to open up about what you're looking for in a relationship, um, mm -hmm. insecurities when it comes to dating so quickly. And yeah, it's a weird feeling because you feel like really attracted to Matt. You feel like you have a stronger connection because of that. But at the same time, you're like, well, we've only actually found out maybe three or four times. Like it's just, it's a different sort of dynamic. Um, but no, I think he he was just really easy to talk to you at the end of the day. Um, and so it just made it so much easier. You had just said that in previous relationships, you didn't bring up the fact that you did have hearing loss. And so did you feel like it had to be something you had to talk about that it would hinder you? I guess because you said it didn't go over well in the past. But like, did you mm -hmm. feel like that really needed to be a big topic in your relationship right off the bat? Or did you want to just be yourself, like the way that you presented yourself yeah. coming out of limo yeah um so like when it was like awkward um it was more because I didn't disclose it and sometimes mm -hmm. I just don't pick up everything and sometimes it can give people the wrong impression if they don't know about my whole situation um like I talked about I went to talk golf one time and I just couldn't hear everything because it's so loud there um especially with a lot of background noise I just can't hear everything in the conversation. And so I think I gave him the impression that I wasn't interested or I was being rude. Um, and so that's why it didn't go well. Um, so that's why when I went into it with Matt, I just wanted to just kind of lay it out um, and just, you know, in case I didn't hear him say something and you know, there's so many women there and you kind of get in your head and you're like, okay, the smallest thing could turn him off, you know, about me because right. he has other options. And so I just wanted to lay it out and just say, you know, if I don't respond to you in a group setting, I'm not, I'm not being rude. Um, I just like can't pick up everything. Um, so that's kind of why I wanted to just kind of let him know right away. Interesting. Okay, cool. That's I just really wanted to get great. to know. Yeah. I think that's, it's really genuine of you. And the fact that you really just, I'm not, not listening to you. I just <laughs> might not be able to hear you amongst all the women talking. <laughs> yeah. And also, I think that that's also 
it's a part of you. It's something that is a part of you. And mm-hmm. I think that in dating, just like you said, opening up about this earlier than later, you know, we talk about like kids and, and getting married and like all these different things on the podcast all the time. And a lot of people will in the past, they, you know, I've been on dates with guys who have children and they would mm-hmm. keep that from me. And it's like, why would you keep that from me? You keeping it from me is what made it weird now, right? It makes it a thing. I agree. Exactly, exactly. So I think that even opening up and tell, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe not when you first sit down with someone like, I want five kids. Hi. You know, I'm <laughs> hey, what's wrong with that? I did that. But, what's wrong with that? <laughs> well, but not the, I'm saying like on your first meeting, you know, when you first sit down with someone, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel that, but it's like, if this is something that you really want and you're dating to marry, it's something that you just need to be open about. And I think that's really beautiful. And a, a part of your story, people can take that to whatever that is in their life that they want to bring into their relationship. That is a part of them. I think that's beautiful. I think that's great. I agree. You know, I think that's something that we can um, we can really all learn from. So be yeah. open from the and jump, you never, guys. And that also, but you set such an amazing example for women that also have hearing loss that can see themselves represented on television and know that they're the same as everybody else. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they're represented, mm-hmm. but they're also, they can be doing exactly what they're doing in case they ever thought that they couldn't. You know what I mean? Because of that. Lost. That's just like seeing it like romanticized um, at the end of the day. I think right. that was something I wanted to convey to um, and not have it viewed as, you know, something that's going to destroy a relationship or whatnot. People can right. look at it as like a really attractive quality about mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And I will say, you know, Tasha from the from the beginning, Tasha stand you for stand, stand you. Is, that the, is that the way to say it? Stand, stand. you. She, she's, stand, she, yeah. She loved you from the beginning, uh, regardless of, and it was never because of anything else other than the fact that you were beautiful and you seemed like just a beautiful light. So, seemed like a genuine yeah. person. Mm-hmm. Such so. a huge compliment. No, I've always been such a fan of you as well. So, that's such like, a Aww. huge compliment. Well, thank you. Yes, oh, yes, yes. This is sweet. Wow, this is really this is a sweet podcast. <laughs> oh, right. Here we go. Now okay, you have to Joe, go ahead. Okay. Ask, all right, Abigail. So let's, well, yeah, all right, let's get into it. Okay. Uh, you're single, right? Oh, I there am. you go. Uh, here he is. Here he is. Well, are, you, are you single? Are you single? Joe's podcast. Are you Listen, single? Are you single? <laughs> yes, I am single. Okay. And you're, you're, so you're living in New York. You're single. Are you? With her bestie, Jenna. Shout out to Jenna. Shout out to Jenna. Mm-hmm. Uh, so are you, are you going on any dates? Are you looking? Are you waiting? Joe's basically um, trying to get the low down right now. Um, viewers no dates. Know, are, yeah, no, no dates, dates okay. right now. Um, no, I think it's just been really busy, just a busy couple months, just trying to get adjusted to the city. Um, I've just been hanging out with a lot of girls from the show and other friends that I know from back home. And so just been a little too busy to date right now. Um, but I was actually talking to Bree the other day because we were talking about like sliding in like DMs. I'm like, maybe I need to start working and like maybe that's how I need to go about it. It's like find a cute guy that I can just slide into their DMs, but at this point, I don't really have my eye on anyone where I'm ready to do that. <laughs> but are you ready to date in general? Like, you want to start getting out there? Oh, no, I mean, I want to date somebody. I think I'm definitely ready for it. I should, I don't have my eye, like, on a specific person where I'm like, Got it. okay, I feel confident enough to, like, slide in. Um, so, yeah, so if you guys know any good people. Who slid into your DMs? Because I know oh. someone, I know, I know there's been guys... 
uh, from Bachelor Nation that have slid into your DM. There oh, had to be. No, Joe. Joe, because I know. I could just tell. I could just did tell. Did Joe do it? Did Joe slide into your DMs? I did not. Um. Well, I Yet. mean, I've had a no. couple, but they were all like nice messages. It was just like, um, like really respect you, like going on. Like it was all just like words of encouragement. I wouldn't say they were flirty with like the intention of like a date Getting or anything. That's a gate. Um, that's a gateway. Yeah, that's, that's how a, they warm you up, Abigail. Yeah, exactly. That's what they're, they're that's warming a, that's you up with their sweet words. That's a temperature check. It's a temperature check. I was check. really oblivious. I was like, oh, they're just like being nice. But I haven't really had anyone message me of like, let's go on a date or something like more bold like that. So nothing like that. Okay. Yet. Okay. So well, what about you? Who Whose DM would you like to just, I don't know, slide on? That's why I need help with. I was like, I don't really have my eye on anyone. So but I are you open? don't know. Are you open to dating in Bachelor Nation? Or are you trying to uh, date outside of Ooh, Bachelor Nation? Okay open to anything. Um, I mean, we know a lot of people. Would you like us to help you with anybody in particular? I mean, Tasha Tasha specifically. I mean, Tasha knows a lot of guys who live in New York, by the way. (laughs) 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 This isn't weird. That's not weird for you. I know. Believe me, I've been experiencing weirder. So um, (laughs) let's, yeah, anybody you want to know, just let me know and I can help you out. I'm your girl. Right. Wait, when we were, when we, we also had a, we had uh-huh. an episode a few episodes back where people were putting together different bachelor people and it was like everybody and Abigail, right? Like everyone was like, oh, we can see Abigail with this person. We can see that. Oh, right? yeah, that's, that's right. true. That's it was true, so Abigail. many people. It was like, well, who, I can't remember, I can't remember everyone, but it was like four different people and it was like Abigail and this person. Abigail. It's like every, people want you to be coupled up with someone <laughs> in Bachelor Nation. I just, the nation wants you to be with someone in Bachelor Nation. For sure. Would, would you go on Paradise? Um, right now, um, I haven't really decided. I think I'm kind of open to anything. Um, but at the same time, I think the first time through was really exhausting, just the entire process and just kind of how much had to go into it. Um, I would definitely have to give it a lot of thought. Um, but no, I mean, I'll, I'll stay open-minded about it. Okay. I my words of encouragement for you is if you went to paradise, I definitely think that there will be a few men fighting over you. <laughs> for yes. sure. Yes. Be mentally strong. Yeah. Oh my god, be... I just got exhausted thinking about it. <laughs> well, if you have any wait, Abigail, this is the perfect time. So I watched the finale with Abigail and Chelsea and it was a lot of fun. And they had some mm. paradise questions that I couldn't answer because I'd never been. But Joe and Tasha have both been on Paradise. So if you have any questions for them, this is your time. Please. <laughs> this is your time. Please. Yes. Throw it on out. Yes. Okay. Throw it at mm-hmm. us. What do you want? <laughs> How different is Paradise from like a regular season? Because I feel like the regular season, you're just like the day cards and you you have kind of the way and you get a certain amount of time with the person. But Paradise, you're obviously mingling more and not really following type of the schedule. Would you say that it's a lot different? Did you enjoy it more? Would you recommend going? Joe and I cannot stop smirking. Or just like, not well. (laughs) Okay, who's gonna? Okay, Joe, Joe, you tackle. um, Just go first. first Question. Yeah, you tackle the first question. Okay, so this is what I can tell you. This is what I can tell you about. Well, um, you know, I wasn't on the, the actual show for too long, but Paradise, what I do know is that. 
you are with the person that you are interested with the entire time. So you are spending a lot of hours with them. You know, mm-hmm. you have same thing as the show. You have no connection to the outside world. So in my opinion, you really get to know somebody in a shorter period of time because you're with them so much and there's nothing to do. You're on a beach. So like you ask, you actually, you ask questions because you get bored. So you learn about somebody. And I think you could really vibe with somebody in paradise personally. And and for you, of course, it was a better, it was a better experience. Yeah. For me, it was a better, it worked for me. You know, yeah. uh, I had a relationship for over a year after paradise. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, now it's, then it works. So, <laughs> yeah. And then Tasha, Bachelor and Paradise. I know not Bachelorette because we're not there yet, but mm-hmm. we know that worked for you, honey. <laughs> yeah, that, that one works. Definitely do that one. I'll tell you that much. That you see one this works. thing right here? Yes, that works. Um, okay. So, wait, I have to piggyback off of Joe's because he just gave you like it wrapped up in sugar and just like gave you like a really tasty pastry. Okay, but I'm going to tell you yeah, something okay. right now. Right, Other people good. like to eat your pastries. Okay. So um, <laughs> sometimes you could be talking to somebody and you could be really into them. And then next thing you know, someone else comes down the stairs and is also interested in your person. So you have to be really ready for someone to come at your person quite often. And especially for somebody like you who is someone that is on a lot of people's radar, I would say, I would assume um, mm-hmm. that could be a little difficult and it is very draining. I will tell you that much, but it is so much fun. You're with all of your best girlfriends. You have, I mean, there's guys galore. It's it's so fun. Um, and you're in Mexico and you're on the beach and in the sun. Like, how right. can you complain? But so it is thinking. very exhausting. Yeah, because I was, I'm definitely like a girl's girl and I feel like I have my friendships with the girls and then to go on a beach and then try to date the same guys again, it's um, a little intimidating. And you have to remember there's multiple seasons that need to come through. So you have your girlfriends might be all good with like giving you respect and giving you time and space. Not saying other girls are going to be mean. I'm just saying there Mm -hmm. could be some other girls that don't know you that might be like, Abigail who (laughs) you know what I mean it's just it's just it's interesting it's it's like that like I said you have to have your headspace mentally ready but have a good time and freaking go okay so Tasha says says her advice is go Joe your advice Uh, my advice would be to go as well but uh, I do want to ask you what is your so what would be your ideal date outside of reality tv real world yeah, ideal date. date? Yeah. Ooh. Like, just like if a guy were to ask me on a date right now or just yep. like, yeah, you're yeah. walking, okay. you're walking down the street. You see a guy that you find attractive. You guys make eye contact. You, I don't know, exchange social medias, however you exchange information. <laughs> and he asks you out. Okay. And he says, um, what do you want to do? I always think less is more. Um, so I think just going to like a really nice like bar, like rooftop would be really fun. Um, just because mm. I just care more about like spending time with the person, like getting to know somebody. And sometimes I feel like when you have really extravagant dates, that kind of takes the attention off of that. Um, so I think it would just be as simple as just going to the bar around the corner and like sitting outside and yeah. Just I love that. Can you know? hanging I'm out boring, but <laughs> it's very new york let's go yeah. we're gonna be in new but york together so fun like that you could do in paradise as well right very hang out true. get a drink on a beach uh-huh okay i love 
for you. <laughs> Sounds like paradise is your vibe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. let's. I why don't will... we do this? Because I feel like we're on like a, a four way date right now, all of us. Um, and it's great oh, for lucky, me. It's great for it's great for Joe me. Joe is feeling competition. What's it's great for me. On? But let's. Why don't we play a little game, Abigail? You want to play a game with us? Yeah, I'd love to. All so, right, let's do it. Abigail, we play a game to get to know our lovely guests better. Um, and it's basically rapid fire, this or that, or whatever comes to mind first. Okay, and okay. you tell us what you prefer. All right. All right. First one, chocolate or vanilla? Chocolate. Hmm. Joe. Joe. The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? Bachelorette. Okay. Okay. West Coast or East Coast? Uh, yeah. East Coast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. Love that. Okay. What is your favorite cocktail? Margarita. Oh, yes. You and Brie. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> okay. What is your favorite part about living in New York City? Just the vibe. Like, makes sense. Okay. Yeah. The vibe. Yes. Yeah, the energy. Makes sense. The vibe. Love that. Definitely. Energy. Um, where is the first vacation you want to have after the pandemic? Mexico. Ooh. Oh wow! Paradise well, is in Mexico. Well, that's weird. Because so. uh, Paradise is in and they have margaritas. So okay, Abigail, really subtly dropping <laughs> heat here. Abigail, honey, a margarita, dropping uh, tea, left and right. We're picking it up. Okay. You're putting it down. We got it. Oh, <laughs> mm, so good, so good. Uh, I mean, you you set us up there, Abigail. You did. I mean, Abigail, just freaking say it. You're going to paradise, baby. Yeah, so Abigail's going to paradise. Yep. <laughs> Cheers to you, baby. <laughs> okay. I love it. Uh, next one: coffee or tea? Coffee. Mm. Smart. Okay. Best advice you have ever received. Nice. Um, oh, it could be mediocre too. It doesn't matter. The first thing that comes to your mind. Okay, well, it's not really advice, but my dad would always say it to me when he would drop us off at school. He would always say, be nice to the other children. And it sounds so like simple, but I feel like it's just be kind to everybody. But yes. I'll say that. Put that, that in the universe. Yes. What celebrity crush? Yeah. What's your favorite? Who? Yeah. What's your celebrity crush? Right now, it's Harry Styles. Oh, oh yummy. Okay. okay. Harry Styles. Harry Styles is stylish. <laughs> I feel like it's the looks, the accent, and then I feel like he's just funny. Like, I'm, I think funny is the biggest thing for me. Like, he definitely, he, he definitely doesn't take himself too seriously, right? Yes. Yeah. I love that. You know, and I Walsh love his very funny. <laughs> oh, my God. Here we go. Oh, my God. Me. <laughs> Guys, podcast over. Podcast uh, over. All right. Okay. And you out. know what? Podcast is <laughs> actually Abigail, over. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Abigail, thank you so much for coming on. You were great. Um, this was so yes. much fun and it was a pleasure to meet you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Love talking with all of you. And if you could tell our listeners where they could follow you on social media. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram. I think it's Abigail underscore Herringer. Um, not yet on TikTok. I tried making my first TikTok last night and it did not go well. Um, so not on there yet. But I'll keep you all posted if I make my way over there. 
Yeah. All right. Well, make sure you get some good comfy flip flops and some sunscreen, baby, because you're going to need it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, Abigail. Baby. So good to see you. Bye, honey. Drink soon. Drink soon. I truly love Abigail. I think that I have a very good radar. Um, I think that um, she's just so sweet, genuine, and kind. I think she's a great role model for just a lot of women out there in general. So thank mm-hmm. you so much, Abigail, for being on the podcast today. And thank you so much to our listeners for yet another bomb episode of Clickbait. Yes, and please be sure to check us out on social and like, comment, DM us. You know where to find us. ClickbaitBN on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Share your stories with us, DM us. And subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Wondery app, or wherever you guys are listening right now. Hit the subscribe button. See you next week. 